Oh boy. Welcome back. Welcome back here. I'm uh I'm finally doing another podcast. This is the one for the end of the year. Christmas special. It's gonna have to be my Christmas special. I shoot. <laughs> if I can get this edited out in time. If I don't get interrupted by any call-ins or, uh, you know, anything like that, I can just give you a straight podcast. But, uh, uh, golly, you know, I gotta, I gotta do this either way. Um, well, this is going to be like, uh, an in-studio podcast, okay, guys? Um, this is gonna be my last New York podcast. In New York State, I think, at least for a while, I'm uh, moving the studio uh, back to uh, to Michigan. Um, I really can't say that's where the podcast started. The podcast started in California, and that's that's all that's all fair. But uh, you know, this is um, this is the one that uh, you know I, I I've done a lot of on the roads here in New York State and. And, and Vermont, and, uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back in the studio one last time, using the studio for what it's for, uh, creative endeavors, and, uh, I, I hope to make this one a good, entertaining, uh, podcast, as God knows it's been a while, um, I hope I can make this bearable for 30 minutes, and, uh, well, like I said, it started off in California, came with me to New York State, and now we're gonna, now we're gonna continue into Michigan for the next year. Um, I'll, I'll start off with the first bit of moving, uh, with movie, <laughs> movie moving news. Um, I'm gonna start off right away with uh, uh, the casting of uh, the Dark Tower. Now, the thing about this is that. The first bit of casting has been truly inspired, and uh, they, that is Matthew McConaughey for one of the roles in in this in the in the movie in the story. And I'm thinking, oh great, you know, it's like uh, this is an American actor; he could be Roland. Let's see what they do here. So he was actually up for both parts, Roland and the Man in Black. Um, he. I I I was under the assumption that they were gonna kind of like test him in both roles, or I don't know if it was his choice um, to be the Man in Black or to be Roland, but he ended up ultimately being the Man in Black or choosing the role of Man in Black, which is the lead villain role in these series of uh, of stories. Um, he's kind of like uh, Roland's uh, dark side in a way. Um, Walter is another name that the Man in Black goes by, but he also goes by another name called Flag, which is another. He's he plays a villain in a couple other Stephen King's books, uh, The Eyes of the Dragon and uh, The Stand, of course. So that was pretty cool. Um, but it left a big absent absence for the main character, the main lead, uh, Roland. And, uh, you know, I know Stephen King had been pretty uh, happy with Heavier Bardem over the years when they first started casting it. But now they decided uh, 
well, let's shake it up a bit. And uh, uh, I always thought Javier Bardem was an okay choice. He's a capable actor. Um, but he doesn't... I always, To me, Roland's always kind of been an American actor because they're modeling it after uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, The Man With No Name character from uh, Fistful of Dollars and The Good, Bad, and The Ugly and all that stuff. But what they decided to do is what seems to me, and I think what seems to a lot of folks, is a political, uh, a politically correct move, and they've cast uh, uh, Idris uh, Idris Alba, Idris Alba, who I think he's a, he's a good actor. I've seen him in The Office. Um, he can do comedy. I haven't seen Pacific Rim yet, but I think he can do a leadership role. This is the thing. This is the problem I have. Is that the character in the books is very much a white character. Okay? And it even says that he's white. He has blue eyes in it. Um, he gets involved with another character later on who gives him a hard time because he is white. Okay? Um, so this really bugs me because this came out out of left field, you know, he was just kind of, they were playing with the idea of him as James Bond. Um, you know, that got a lot of backlash, but on both sides of the political spectrum, politically correct spectrum. But this is even more out of place cause, to me because it's blatantly a white character, you know. And uh, to me, it seems like political correctness pandering. And it's got me very angry because what if we made, I don't know, the Black Marvel's Black Panther a white person? You know, what if we did that? Um, it just doesn't make any sense, as uh, a person said to me several times uh, throughout the last three years. It just doesn't make any sense to change the character like that when it's fundamentally a certain, certain race. On both sides of the fence. Um, so, needless to say, I'm pretty. I, I was pretty angry about that casting because you get involved into reading a series of books, and you become so invested in those series of books that are thousands of pages each, almost, that you want to see them do the movie version done right and to the mainstream audience that have never read the books, would never read the books, and you want this to come off the right way. And it's just going to become off too uh, too weird because they're, they're having a whole franchise on this, and they're already screwing up the character this much by changing it this much. This shows me that the director, to me, doesn't have the right vision for what is needed. And it angers me. I, the whole my whole day was shot because of it. Again, I have no problem with the actor. I just think that it's the wrong move. I think they're doing political, being politic, politically correct just for this. And raw and the Dark Tower get the raw end of the stick. On, on the they hit the little what do you call that? The little spinner, and it landed on the Dark Tower to have their politically correct moment. And uh, it ticks me off. No word yet from Stephen King what his thoughts are on that. Um, 
I really hope it doesn't go through. They're saying he could be. He's a he's a runner-up. I have no problems with the man. Once again, I have a problem with how they're casting this role. Once again, if you cast Black Panther with a white actor, you know they reverse the roles again. It wouldn't be fair, and uh, you'd see me up in arms about that. But there, and that's the thing. If, if there was some something in his background that said no, you can play him either way, whatever race, I'd be fine. But this is different. So anyway, let's move on. Let's keep it moving here. Um, next bit of business is the movie Creed that I saw um, a few weeks ago. Now I've just gotten the time to uh, talk about it, and. Uh, what I like about Creed is, is that, you know, Stallone gives a stellar performance as Rocky. We, we get to see a lot. We get to see more of him. Um, but, this, you know, probably half the time, maybe maybe a little bit less than half the time you get to spend with Creed's uh, kid. Um, you know, I had heard rumors that Creed, this version of Creed was his grandson. Those have been false, which I'm glad it's... Creed's son in this that he had with like another wife um, and he gets uh, they find him in the juvenile in the beginning and this I don't know if it's Apollo's ex-wife t- takes in the kid I, I, I was kind of unsure with that but anyway there are spoilers coming up here so um, a lot of the time is spent towards you know, Creed Jr. Um, trying to find uh, Rocky and get him to train him and and all that. And there's a lot of back and forth. And you know, Rocky never trained the other guys at Mixed Gym that he was friends with. Um, so there's 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 some interesting things going on there. Um, I don't know. Uh, some uh, when they got more into Creed Jr.'s life. It was a little back and forth. It was it got a little, little dull, just because he's just not as a dynamic of a character as Rocky is. So maybe over the course of the next movie, we'll get to know him about a lot more. It gets a little dark towards the end because here's a big spoiler coming up. Um, Rocky gets uh, cancer, and so Adrian has died, and. Uh, Paulie has died, which was a new one, which was like, I was like, oh, wow, they decided to kill off Paulie. I was surprised about that. So he's kind of like looking at, you know, hey, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm not going to get chemotherapy in this. I'm just going to let it take me. And uh, Creed Jr. finds out about that, and he's like, no, you're going to fight this, and they're going back and forth. And um, so It's good. It has you watching. You're engaged, and you're not thinking about much else while you're watching the movie, which is a great thing. Um, the villain, or the the bad boxer guy, or the, the protagonist, I'm sorry, the antagonist, um, is a guy from, I think, uh, where is he from? England or something like that. Um, he's kind of a, eh, he's not really in the biggest shape. <laughs> he plays a, a, a boxer towards the end of his career, I guess getting ready to retire 
and that's who Apollo Jr. has to fight. And he's kind of a little, uh, he's okay, you know, but I, again, he's not in the big, biggest shape. And they end the movie where Apollo Jr. is, is training, and that, well, he ends up fighting that guy, and, and it comes to, here's a big spoiler, okay, get ready, big spoiler. It comes out to be a draw. I think, or did he lose? I think he lost or something, but he came all the way to the end. He went all 12 rounds with the guy. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it uh, for what it was. So, let's see, out of a 1 to 10 scale, I'd give it about, I'd give about an 8. That's pretty solid. Am I going to buy it? Am I going to own it? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That remains to be seen, you know. Because uh, the only problem is that the next one, if they do it without Stallone or they kill Rocky's character off, is this Creed Jr. an interesting enough uh, character to keep watching? Which I was kind of on the fence about throughout the movie, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. All right. Which I was kind of surprised, you know, <laughs> with the earlier, you know, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did, you know, with everything going on uh, that that I heard that they were going to make it a TV show and all that. And there was a lot of pre-development stuff that wasn't clear. So after all said and done, I, I, I didn't mind it too much. Let's move on. Let's move on to, let's see, Spectre, Spectre. Yeah, Spectre. <laughs> now this is one I went to go see. I was really pumped to see it. First of all, I'll go right into the uh, the opening uh, credit sequence, which is, um, you know, it was interesting. There's uh, like an octopus in it, and tentacles and arms and all that, and and uh, James Bond is prominently lit up, and girls are like on his touching his chest so it's very sensual and all that which is is pretty blatant blatant in that um uh the song that they have is very kind of r&b it has uh shades of uh, license to kill um uh, the music from that by patty labelle so i wasn't too sure about the music the song i've listened to now a few times and i i do kind of like it. it it has kind of caught on to me but it's not quite as good, not as memorable as Adele's last uh, Skyfall song from the last Bond. And uh, here's the thing with the movie. Um, it has a great opening uh, part with, uh, you know, it opens in Mexico. There's a Day of the Dead celebration and there's a big float and... Uh, you know, there's a whole scene where Bond is fighting this guy in a helicopter, and the helicopter is spinning around over this crowd, and there's a whole bunch of people. It could land, it could blow up. Um, you know, he saves, he, he pulls it out in time before, pardon the pun, but he pulls the, the helicopter up before it crashes into anything. And uh, it, it's a good, it's a good opening sequence. I ha we haven't seen that before. It was just it, not bad. There's been better openings, but I'd say that that was a pretty decent one. 
Now we're moving on. As the movie goes on, um, you get a lot of exposition, and uh, you know he meets a a few girls here, and, and Monica Bellucci he he runs into, who she's like a widow of somebody that's died. Uh, that's somebody important. I don't I don't remember now. This is it's been a little while since I've seen. It. It's probably been a good month or two since I've seen this movie now. Um, but they meet up. He needs to get information from her, and you have a kind of a, uh, you know, there's an attraction there, but it's a forced, I don't know, it's a forced scene. It felt, it did, it felt very very forced in a way, because um, Monica Bellucci's only in it for like five to ten minutes, really. And after that, he once he gets his information, he sleeps with her, He's on, and she doesn't. She's not relevant to the movie anymore, which is a shame. You know, she's a good uh, actress. Um, I haven't seen many of her movies to judge how well of, a, of an actress she really is, but she's definitely got a good presence. That you know, very watchable. Um, so I don't know. It just um, it's kind of frustrating, and uh, the, I also felt that the sex scene that they had and it was very quick it was very um very edited i i feel that well i felt very much like all the sex scenes that we've had in the bond films have been you know pretty a little lengthy you know for better or for worse you know but you've come to expect that over the years now i feel like that's been cut a lot more I don't know if that's a good good or bad thing. I think it's probably more bad than it is good because I think I get the feeling that it's trying to appease people and that they're like, oh, come on, let's not drag out the sex because it's too gratuitous. And Bond's always been a little gratuitous with the sex scenes, I think, more or less. You know, with the exception of maybe Dr. No in the beginning with Connery ones. But anyway... Um, this is the thing about the movie. It gets a little... The pacing of it. It's a little off. It gets a little long in the middle. The second act. Um, there's a lot... There's some scenes where they're just kind of driving. Just getting from point A to point B. Or they'll be... He'll be talking with his... The girl that he he's with. And... I don't know. The dialogue... There'll just be a few lines. And that'll be it. You know? And there's more staring off into space. And... <laughs> So that was a problem. Another problem I had was this unbelievable leap of disbelief that you have where he's facing um, uh, his his villain, uh, what's his name, Blofeld, uh, played by uh, Christopher, uh, what the heck is his name? Uh, Ah, I can't think of his name right now. Christopher, for, for German actor, of course. I got to choke. Choking. Uh, Christopher Waltz. Got it. Got it. I still got it. Uh, Christopher Waltz. And, uh, you know, he, uh, Bond goes to this meeting where Blofeld is kind of like uh, with at his little round table of villains and all that. It, it was very much a throwback to the Blofeld back in the day and, Reminded me of Dr. Evil a little bit where I was waiting for him to press the button and see one of his villains go flying into a little little fire pit or something. 
But anyway, um, he has this guy uh, show up, and uh, uh, and the guy is played by. Let's see, here we go again. Um, Batista, Dave Batista, shows up, and he snaps this guy's neck and to show off his power, and like, okay, you're Christopher Waltz is like, you're you're worthy to you know be part of my group now. Um, so anyway, uh, to make the long story short, there's a scene where Bond is in this chair and they're taking drills to his temples and Christopher Waltz is like, um, he's like, he's like, right now I, uh, I can affect who you remember, Mr. Bond, like. And it like if I just drill a little bit in your brain here, you forget the names, and you can forget who you are if I drill here. So he's, so these drills go into Bond's temples, right, and are drilling into his skull, and supposedly into his brain. Now, Bond is able to use a gadget to break out of this, and it, it, like a little exploding watch, and the drills come out of his head. And the girl comes up, and she's like, do you remember who I am? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I remember who you are. But what the heck happened to his brain problem? Like, so that whole thing with him not knowing his name from these drills operating on him was bullshit? Like, I don't know. It kind of, like, took the threat out of whatever Blofeld was saying. Um, another thing was that where was the blood stains on his head after that? I think blood would be flying everywhere if drills are going into somebody's head. Past their skull? I don't care how small the drills The drills are big enough. <laughs> so the disbelief was kind of like, oh, uh, just, I don't know. It was getting hard to swallow that. And of course, in the next scene, you know, he's fine, you know. Uh, okay, but the, the action sequences in the movie are fine. You know, I have no problem. They're entertaining. There's a there's a chase scene where he's uh, in a plane going down a snow hill, and there's cars or that are f following him, and the the plane goes through a barn and all that, which is good, fun, practical stuff. Um, Blofeld gets scarred from the gadget explosion from the exploding watch, and he gets scarred, and and so. The Bond, the movie comes to towards the end where there's like a chase scene and they're trying, like, again, in the helicopter, I think. Now, Blofeld's in a helicopter and Bond's in a boat and Bond is chasing after Blofeld and shooting at him. And the helicopter crashes from Bond shoot, shooting at it or something. And uh, there's a little end scene where Bond catches him and Blofeld's on the ground and Bond's either here's a spoiler here. Bond you know, he's taunting Bond to like shoot him. Uh, you know, kill me. And uh Bond is really tempted to, but he doesn't. He leaves him alive. And it's a well played performance. It's, um Christopher Waltz is good in it. I mean, he's good in the character, but I felt like they didn't really give enough enough lines to chew on. <clears throat> His motivation is a little weak. Um yeah, yeah, it, it turns out they're kind of related. You know, his dad, they had the same father or something like that, and uh, he was adopted. I don't I don't know. It was a, 
it was kind of a Dr. Evil, Austin Powers kind of thing going on there. <laughs> where I was just waiting, <laughs> you know, waiting for Blofeld to say, Daddy didn't love me, you know. Uh, so, uh, overall, Spectre, I give it uh, I give it a 7 out of 10, which is still pretty good. It's just still better than average. But uh, it's just barely getting above average, you know. And this is good enough to keep it going. It's better than Quantum Solace still, but needed to be better and unfortunately especially after the last skyfall was great i thought uh the pacing was a lot better um the villain in a way i think was was better because he had more stuff he had good motivation and he had more lines to chew on it's too bad i felt that this one kind of wasted christopher waltz in a, in a way um one good line i do like that uh was very kind of reminiscent of uh I, I ex no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die, is uh, Bond shows up and, uh, and he goes, uh, a friend of mine t said I should kill you. And uh, Christopher Waltz goes, oh, that's funny. I, I thought you came here to die. <laughs> so it was very much a throwback to uh, a Goldfinger. Um, anyway, so that, 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 Rounds that up. Spectre. It's, uh, there we go. Um, all right. Well, let's let's move on to uh, my Hollywood Minute. Hollywood Minute. Or Showbiz Minute, I should say. Because uh, Hollywood just says California. And there's lots of different ways to get into show business besides California. But I'm going to go back to a California story. Um, then I'm going to wrap this whole thing up, I think. Well, um, one of my professional jobs I got when I was in California was working on an actual TV show. For Well, it's a TV show, but it was for the web. It's directed by Robert Townsend. And I got the job through a friend of mine who was at a meetup group. Well, we didn't really meet at the meetup group, but... I'm trying to remember how we did meet now that I think of it. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. Um, but anyway, a friend of mine got me a job and uh, as, on a, as a production assistant. And this would be my, my first official production assistant job. And he was able to negotiate pay for me, which was pretty awesome. And uh, I need to uh, be grateful to him for that to this day. Um it was a tough shoot because, you know, we were shooting in a neighborhood and there's always a lot of noise in the neighborhoods. So, uh, I was partly tasked to be noise control, but more any more than anything, I was kind of the guy to move the water cooler <laughs> and move uh the soda pop uh, the pop cooler and the and the water cooler all together and and just do errands for people you know wash dishes uh go pick up uh um pencil sharpener now this is one of the things that was so frustrating cuz uh, the guys like uh, okay well i need you to go pick up this pencil pencil sharpener for robert Townsend's car um 
it's got to be a certain kind of pencil sharpener. I'm like, okay, well, what kind of is it? This one with the batteries in it that he can use inside of his car. I go, okay. So I go, I go there. I drive to, I think it was Target, and I, it's in downtown Los Angeles, downtown Hollywood, I'd say. And I'm trying to remember the exact location now, but it, it was definitely it was busy traffic time. And so once you get, it's congested traffic once you get deep in there on the the expressway and people are honking if you just pause for a minute. I finally get out. I'm looking for the stupid pencil sharpener. I can't find the one with batteries, so I I had to just get the manual one with the lever that you clamp it down onto uh, the table. And I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, I couldn't find those are the only ones I had, and it spent like, 10 minutes and he and he wanted it to be a certain color i think so i think a black one i ended up having to just get the blue one so i had to drive back and it was wrong it was it was the wrong one but they're like well they didn't have any with batteries i go this is one i unfortunately that's all i can give him so that's what he had to work with but it was a tiring job because you're on your feet standing most of the day the feet get worn out from walking and standing most of the day and getting the hauling this huge this huge water cooler up and down the steps because they were shooting upstairs so i had to move this thing all the way up there and then move it all the way down it was so back-breaking exhausting because of everything that was in it you know and then moving fans around which is fine no problem but uh you know always there's a lot of hurry up and wait um i had to count everyone during lunch how many people were actually you know counting to you know were were eating was everyone there and you know had to make sure that uh you know uh everyone the crew ate first before the production staff these production assistants you know we set up all the the tables and all the tents and all that which is fine i think the hardest part one of the hardest parts for me was actually getting to the shoot at I think it was at six thirty, seven o'clock, and I'm not a morning person by any means, so that was extremely challenging for me to change my schedule uh, from an afternoon job to a morning job was was very challenging for me. Um, but hopefully, I made it up in hard work and and being there. Um, one of the cool parts is that I got to uh, talk to uh, Billy D. Billy D. Williams. And uh, I'm sh- some Star Wars Star Wars talk came up, but I didn't want to, you know, talk to him about that. I'm sure everybody talks to him about Star Wars, so he was talking about um, iPads and how technology was moving and how neat iPads were. And and uh, I, I'm trying to remember what I said to the guy. I'm just kind of like, well, I go, yeah, I go, it's, and they have come a long way and. Yeah, you know, go. They're a little pricey, but you think it's worth it? And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "They're absolutely worth it." You know, <laughs> all the neat things you could do with it. And, you know, so it was just no. It was cool. He's a down to earth guy, you know. And uh, I think the guy, unfortunately, had some surgery, some hip replacement, so he wasn't at a hundred percent. Richard Roundtree was also on set as well. He seemed like a pretty low pretty laid back kind of guy i didn't talk to him too much but he seemed when he was chatting with everybody else pretty easy going 
Um, the whole premise is that it's a single mother and she's trying to make it, how do you, how does she make ends meet? And she's trying to help out her kid and raise a child and all that. And she's having all these problems. I'm sure if you Google it, you can find it, the show online. Um, so they're real short episodes. I think they're like 15, 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, it was, I'd say I, I did it for a couple, worked a couple weeks, uh, during one night when I was, uh, soaking my feet in epsom salt because my feet were so sore from all the walking and standing uh from every day that um i i had them in this little bucket and i was on the computer uh reading something and i was lying back in the chair lying back lying back and then i fell bam hit the ground <laughs> smacked there went the water bucket there went everything and i just right on my back man and i was like that's it i busted my spine <laughs> thank god i didn't it was a little sore but uh that was whoo that was a jarring one so never lay back on your chair when your feet are in a bucket of epsom salt and water but, um, so there we go that was more than a than a minute but uh, there you go. It's, uh, that's my showbiz minute here. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, final word. Final word. Um, one of the reasons I'm moving out of this uh, New York studio in New York State for a while is, as you know, you guys have listened to or I, I, I use plural in this podcast. Hopefully more than one person listens to it. Um, balancing your life is important. If you don't have any work in your life and you're just kind of, you're doing your hobbies, that's that's great. I, I commend that. But everyone's got to eat. Everyone's got to pay their bills. So you got to get some kind of job. Even when you're just doing your art. So, get a job. Here's the thing. You work 40 hour plus job. You work 50 hours. You come home from work. You're exhausted. You're tired. What are you going to do? You think you're going to do your work? Your creative stuff? Your writing? Your drawing? Your what have you? Your podcasting? No, 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 no. You're going to sit on your chair, watch something on Netflix... Or you're going to work out and you're going to be done with the whole thing after that. Trying to balance your life. Work. Play. Your love life. No matter how big or small that love life is. In your creative time. Is one of the tricks to life. And uh, lately my life has been unbalanced. Um, by by the the full-time job um unfortunately i wish i could just keep doing this job but it's taken up so much of my time creatively that i've been able to go on stage do any stand-up comedy i haven't really been able to pursue my creative things here and there i have but not as much as i've needed to so i need to take a hiatus a break and and really get my my company going in full swing again and that means uh, editing 
you know, some more little mini movies. Um, getting back in practice with that again. Making some shorts, and that will lead up to a full feature. And drawing some comics, finishing the graphic novel or two, which I'm going to work on a graphic novel very soon and finish up a couple, like a, a novella that I've been working on for years and years. Get that published. Get these short stories published. I'm going to become this whole creative company start over again here. I mean, it's a, I've already been a creative entity, a creative, pro, you know, uh, force and uh, business doing these podcasts and, and, and doing stuff on YouTube and, and comics and so forth. But this is going to be a great um, time for me to go forward and go a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more time to do these podcasts here. Instead of doing so many of them on the road, which I enjoy doing them on the road, but a lot of times I've been too exhausted to even doing them on the road. But it's important. It's never enough money. It's never enough money. A good gym teacher told me that once. It's never enough. Um, you have to have a balanced life. You have to have time for yourself. You have to have time for others, your family, your friends. You know, you have to keep your, your connections and life alive. If you're just working to make money, eventually in the long run, you're going to burn out. It's not going to work. You have to have your creative juices. You have to have time for all that. You have to have balance. You have to have time to pursue a love life or have one. Once you're out of balance, it's only a matter of time before you fall. And uh, I was after the money for quite a while, unfortunately. And I tried not to be, but... I mean, even working 40 hours... Well, I should say 50 hours if you include the driving time... Um, it left very little time for me to, to do this. So you guys are lucky you're getting a podcast now. Um, and even this podcast is a little deflated from my previous ones because, you know, I'm looking at 140. It's 142 in the morning here. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of moving out of the New York studio. So uh, the moving is taking precedence over my creativity, unfortunately. But I, I got to get this out. I want to tell you guys, you got to keep a balanced life. Otherwise, any aspect of it, whether your creativity, too much time that, or too much time in your love life, not enough time for making money, um, something's, something's going to give in the other categories, and you're going to be messed up psychologically. You're going to be sad, you're going to be unhappy, because some of your other needs are going to be, there's going to be holes there. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, this is an effort, what I'm doing is to balance my life Okay, it's never enough money, folks. It's never enough. Time is more important than money. I want you to tell yourself this. Time is more important than money. Time is more important than money. Time is more important than money. And that's all I have for right now. Next time uh, we meet, I'll, uh, I don't know, I'll try to make it a more chipper podcast. I know the one before this was a little downer. Um, but for it was for a good reason. But uh, I'm just glad I'm getting this out here. I'll talk to you guys later. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks for listening. Hambo out. <laughs>